Welcome to Feminist Without Mystique, a podcast where we process politics, sex, and the unrelenting firehose of bullshit in the news through an unapologetically feminist lens. Each week we begin by venting about the news, go deep on one important issue, call out terrible things happening below the top headlines in a segment called We See You, and then we'll end with something hopeful. And just a reminder, if you're enjoying us, to rate, review, subscribe, recommend us. It helps other people discover us. And we always welcome feedback on our communication via our social media, FWM Podcast on Twitter and Facebook, and Feminists Without Mystique on Instagram. And if you want, you can support us on Kofi, K-O-F-I. Welcome back. Another beautiful day and a beautiful uh, land of the free, eh? Oh boy, when you sent me the topics that we could potentially know. cover. <laughs> a casual survey of some horrendous stuff. I want a light, fun, frolicky energy. No, no. It's really like big, angry energy. My fiance was trying to talk to me about something that sort of bled into politics just by virtue of like its life and mm-hmm. it just becomes politics. It's like I don't have any sense of humor or sense of like can't really receive a lot of information with any sense of like levity. I just go straight to like pissed. Even small stuff like Elon Musk's oh, like fucking father. Oh, he's his father. Man. Oh, that's so gross. Yeah, Ugh. he um apparently with his stepdaughter is expecting his second child and said that the only reason we're on this earth is to reproduce and he i believe I, when i was reading up about elon a few moons ago <laughs> I was reading about how he said his father was evil i'm like how fucked up must your dad be whoa i didn't know that he yeah okay that that makes me feel like a little bit better that elon at least is like because his dad wasn't this a stepdaughter that he'd raised since he was like four years old or since she was I four years old. So. Mm, yeah. So it's grooming. That's. that's I, mean, I don't. Uh... I mean, he has like a bunch of different children with different people, which isn't in the in and of itself bad. But like, is your purpose just to like impregnate all these people, or like, are you gonna be are you gonna be present on that topic? Because, <laughs> uh, segue alert. We're talking about the three weeks. What has happened? What hell has happened? in this country in the last three weeks um, since Roe was officially overturned. Um, And, you know, of course, I naturally thought of it with Elon Musk's dad because I also saw a tweet, or probably the day that Roe was overturned, that just said, like, now rapists can basically choose who they want to have their children. And I was just sort of like, ew. Uh, Just at the outset of this... um, There are 22 states where there are strict new abortion laws that are either currently being enforced or about to be enforced. Of these 22 states, 15 offer no exceptions for rape, incest, or both. That's via PolitiFact, um, and this hands a lot of power to state prosecutors and uh, other elected and unelected officials like locally and at the state level, um, including coroners did you know that coroners are elected weird yeah like they're elected i heard it somewhere and then i just was googling like medical examiners are elected in some instances by the legislative authority of the county in which they hold office it's just ah they have a hand in some of these weird conversations around like what's a miscarriage versus 
and abortion. And if we're talking about like a fetal life, they get brought in earlier is uh, so I was just kind of like oh ew like another weird person who's gonna like be involved (laughs) but what we wanted to talk about is just some of the like tangible harms that have already happened and that are on the horizon for I think more states especially ones that are in the hands of like totally a GOP controlled state legislature um, and ones that in November after the midterms probably will will totally flip to uh, Republican controlled. Anyway, Jezebel had a good survey that I think we're, we're going to work off of for our conversation today. Starting with child rape survivors having to Ugh. give birth or being denied abortion access. For a little background, uh, in 2017, which is the last year for which this data was available, there were 4,460 pregnancies among girls under 15 and about 44% of those ended in abortion. So we're talking, we're talking about thousands of girls. Uh, Even if we're talking about one, like that's a human being with, Mm -hmm. because I've seen the argument like, Oh, it's not that many people that are impacted. I Mm -hmm. mean, her and her family probably beg to differ. And also there are thousands 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 so in ohio where sex with a person under the age of 13 is a first degree felony because you can't consent when you're under 13 abortion is now banned after um, six weeks of pregnancy with no exceptions for rape or incest and this was a one of the more headline grabby stories that i've seen where this a 10 year old think about yourself 10 years old think about the 10 year olds you know um 10 year old survivor of rape was denied an abortion in Ohio because of this law, even though her being pregnant was a felony at the hands of someone else, traveled to Indiana to have an abortion. And the attorney general of Indiana, of course, went on Fox News, their favorite, um, Mm -hmm. they were investigating the abortion provider to see if she reported the rape to the state. It had been reported according to state law. And this provider who legally provided an abortion to this 10-year-old rape survivor um, has been getting all kinds of threats. People are threatening to kidnap her daughter. What the Mm. fuck? Um, And Mm -hmm. yeah, almost a dozen states don't make exceptions for rape or incest with their um, abortion bans. And Katie McHugh, who's an OBGYN in Indiana and a board member of Physicians for Reproductive Health, um, says this is a situation that every abortion provider has seen before. Like it isn't this huge rarity of these girls getting pregnant mm-hmm. um, through rape and or insects. I would say it's always rape um, when you're that age. But it's right. not like a unique situation of oh, this one, this one kiddo. And again, if it was one, it still matters. But it's thousands of girls, and and people are saying, oh, you can cross state lines. She did that, and the provider is getting death threats and threats of her daughter being kidnapped. Right. She's under she's under threat. And Indiana, by the way, like, so one of the states that's kind of, like, imminently about to change their, their laws to make them stricter. So in a few months, the scenario is not that she's probably going to be – she would be able to go to Indiana even. She might have to go to Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, so traveling even further, which at some point becomes, like, prohibitive. Mm-hmm. In Ohio, like you said, like sex with a person under the age of 13 is a first degree felony. Like, so it's just, and, and 52 girls under 15 received abortions in 
2020 in Ohio alone, which is an average of one every week. So, and this is according to their Department of Health in terms of those statistics. So, like you said, if it was one person, it would still matter and it would still be significant. But this is a regular need um, across the country and and in Ohio that now is um, not going to be able to be filled. And this is like when someone is a victim of a heinous um, crime. Also, like you and I were blessedly not really online a whole lot last week because of fun activities, Mm -hmm. fun summer activities. But whenever I did hop onto Twitter, it was like last week, it felt like there was this whole conversation raging about the idea of whether or not a 10 year old can consent to sex. That was super disturbing. Um, and like whether or not a 10 year old like could have a child or like would be old enough to mother a child. And it was just no, sort of like, the no. <laughs> what the fuck is this converse? This is not a conversation. It shouldn't be a conversation. Like I, I'm disturbed that so many people feel that this is a valid line of thought. It's- like, shut it the fuck down unbelievable a 10 year old no 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 it's it's not like physically safe and that's so far from the only issue but 10 year olds aren't physically they theoretically yes a 10 year old could give birth and remain physically healthy but there are so many more risks to that child not to mention like emotionally and mentally not being mature enough to be a parent because you're a child not even like you're you're quite a child at 10 years old like you're an elementary yeah what are we what the fuck are you talking about and what who are you to be trying to justify this so disgusting so depressing that that's uh, yeah a conversation and I forget exactly where you know but there's there's ample data on you know the majority of 10 year olds have not had their period yet not that it even you know matters really I mean it's it's unacceptable either way but it's just like you're not even really I mean like you said the physical ramifications and implications are so far from the only horrendous part of this but yeah um pretty depressing and we shouldn't have to be faced with these obvious tangible scenarios to be to illustrate like why this is so fucked up and it was depressing to me that when faced with this obvious tangible problem people were still like yeah well it's unfortunate but you know meh, she'll get over it <laughs> it's like she quite literally will not <laughs> like, will she yeah 10 <laughs> years old no 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 like the fucking mental gymnastics if you're claiming your anti-choice because you care about kids by mm-hmm. any way you measure or slice it, a 10-year-old is a child. It's so depressing and disgusting and heartbreaking. And to think about the, those girls that can't, like you were mentioning, how you know soon it's not going to be legal in Indiana either. And thinking about those girls who aren't going to be able to go to a state where they're able to access this. It's so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Some of those girls are going to die. Some of those girls' lives are going to be ruined. Some of them might try to like look it up online and figure out how to do it themselves and die that way. You know, it's like the wealthy kids and women will have access to abortion if they have someone willing to help them. But for so many girls and women, they just are going to be completely fucked um, for lack of a better 
descriptor. Right. The gall of these anti-choice people to say they care about kids and then be against gun reform and against 10-year-old rape victims accessing abortion care is just mind-boggling. I mean, it's not because hypocrisy has been shown time and time again, but it's certainly beyond depressing. Totally. And, you know, in this case and in the case of many, it's kind of like we know that this case happened because it got a lot of news and because this um, rape rape victim kind of was able to, like, she and and her family were able to talk to the press and it was sort of like they were able to raise awareness on the specific issue. But the, the typical way that I think for every person that we know about and for every case that gets reported and that whose family is trying to help, I'm comfortable saying I'm sure there are at least five to, for everyone that we don't know about whose family is not supportive, who, you know, aren't, it's not becoming public or she's going to have the baby. It's just going to be like horrifying. You know, a 10 year old can't even drive to get themselves to a, a clinic. I mean, they can't probably even walk to, to a, you know, they can't, they can't consent themselves to have the care that they would need if they wanted to get an abortion. What if like a family member, like it was her dad got, you know, or something like that. And, and like you said, it was every week in Ohio, that means every week a new girl is having to try to find a way. Yeah. Like, and there's the huge political machine that's working against her because initially when this came out, there were a lot of like politicos who were just saying that it, it didn't happen, like questioning whether or not this this child, 10-year-old child existed and if this state, if this was actually a real thing or if this was something that liberals were making up to like drum up publicity. Um, the Ohio attorney general himself initially said he found no evidence of um, even this child existing, which is sort of fucking insane. And then they did, you know, charge someone. A 27-year-old man was charged with this child's rape. Um, and records show that the doctor who provided the abortion in Indiana, like you said, reported it to the state. So, and it went public with it. So it's just like there's going to be the misinformation machine that's going to also try to work against verifying any of these like real details because it's it's not convenient for people and there are so many like I would say a lot of white women on Facebook who there have been screenshots of women being like well in the case of rape or incest of course it's allowed and saying anything other than that is just like liberal misinformation like of course it's a case by case it's like are you that stupid or are you like you're you yourself are just trying to purport more misinformation I'm just confused like which is it? Mm-hmm. Even in states that do have exemptions for rape or for incest, they have requirements that involve police reports and parental consent and other things that are prohibitive for kids and teens. Like you said, nearly a dozen states don't even have those exceptions. The ones that do often have additional barriers. And like, I think in something that we'll we'll get to in a different different anecdotes um a lot of these laws that are in place that are left up to random local officials and state prosecutors and people who you know even within districts there would be two prosecutors and who have different differing opinions on how they would want to if they would want to proceed with a case or not i mean slate interviewed a woman who's a prosecutor in missouri and she said like she's bound by the law of missouri so she, but she will be very she will try really hard not, you know, to, to not prosecute 
as much as she possibly can and but had to admit that yeah there's someone else there's another prosecutor in this in her district who gets to decide what he wants and he's trying to be a senator from Missouri so he has his own like conservative perspective and his own goals that are political that he's gonna so he's probably gonna want to prosecute as many people as as many women as possible a lot of the danger of like having all this stuff be like legally murky and left up to local officials is just that it's going to deter doctors who don't want to be caught up in this. And like, it's going to deter women who are afraid. Um, They don't want to be like skirting the law or like, like, like kind of straddling a legal line. Um, And like the vagary is the point, the fear, fear, putting fear in people, doctors and, patients is the is part of the point with this because it will deter people from seeking the care that they want and need it's just cruel agreed should we move on to the next terrible fucking thing of the evening (laughs) let's do it yes um people who are pregnant and women who have life-threatening situations um, associated with their pregnancies such as ectopic pregnancies where basically the pregnancy implants outside of where it can be viable are no longer getting the care that they require immediately. There are several anecdotes on this. Um, There was a woman with an ectopic pregnancy that was life-threatening that sought care at the University of Michigan Hospital after a doctor in her home state worried that the presence of a fetal heartbeat meant treating her might get in the way of the abortion restrictions. And just because there's a fetal heartbeat doesn't mean there's a viable pregnancy. Cannot... (laughs) cannot grow Mm -hmm. there cannot become a baby there Um, and then there was in wisconsin there was a woman who bled for more than 10 days from an incomplete miscarriage after the er staff would not remove the fetal tissue and in texas a hospital refused to save a woman's life until her ectopic pregnancy ruptured because earlier the fetus still had a heartbeat these there are also more (laughs) there are more examples than this but these are situations where, again, there's no way that this will lead to a viable birth with a healthy baby at the end of it. And yet, mm-hmm. we are denying women access to medical care to save their lives and remove, you know, remove these potential fetuses, fetal tissue. Um, and Texas sued the Biden administration for the right to let pregnant people die um, rather than save in these situations. And Idaho Republicans voted to reject um, a life of the mother exception from its abortion platform. Oh, and then in Kansas City, Missouri, administrators uh, temporarily required pharmacist approval before giving medications that are used to stop postpartum hemorrhages, postpartum basically bleeding to death because those same medications can also be used for abortions. Different medications have multiple uses. And because one of those uses is abortion, they say, oh, you can't use this even if you're going to bleed to death postpartum after you've given birth. Mm. What the fuck? It's really, really enraging. I think it's like they keep telling on themselves, like conservatives in these cases. I mean, especially can we linger for two seconds on the fact that Idaho Republicans um, voted to reject a life of the mother exception? Like they it is not about life. It's so much about control, control of women. Uh, 
if it were about life, you would care about the life of a mother, the mother, the, the, the person who is in this world with a heartbeat and a life and a partner and a, you know, everything like that would be priority and her health and her needs and her ability to make a decision decisions around her own reproductive health care in her body would be important if you were someone who who actually took the concept of pro-life and and followed it to its logical conclusion to explicitly write out um right to life for the woman <laughs> is like like horrendous draconian cruel um and all of these instances where you're also scaring physicians um, who are supposed to do no harm from being able to give women life-saving treatment, waiting for a pregnancy, an ectopic pregnancy to rupture, requiring a pharmacist's approval before giving like life-saving medications to stop hemorrhaging. These are like, you know, denying people like time-sensitive care where, I mean, Women are more women are going to die of sepsis, more women are going to die of infections. Um, another, just like while I'm thinking about it, shout out to like absolutely any if you're a guy who is like also you are also a part of this. Like, if you are gonna, if you're a part of a family who's trying to get pregnant in the next few years, like there is there will be an impact on everyone else in the healthcare system, especially like reproductive healthcare. This is going to impact everyone to some degree or another. So it's just, I just kind of like (laughs) any opportunity that I can to like shake the uh, straight men (laughs) in, in that are listening just to kind of be like fucking pay attention just because you personally might not be ever faced with like your, the physicality of that decision that there, there are a lot of ways in which this is going to reach and touch you in some way. Um, so just, just an evergreen reminder that this fucking affects you too. And like, you should be angry about it and you should be scared and you should, you know, be mobilizing. We talked about this. I think that when Roe was overturned, but if you're living in a state where you're not, where, where, where the health and safety of a mother is a pregnant person is not prioritized, you may not see your daughter or your son, your daughter-in-law, like, you know, while they're pregnant. Like I'm, I'm specifically thinking about my fucking self in this instance. My fiance's family are in Texas and Georgia. Georgia's hostile, but not as quite as hostile as Texas. Both are not places that I would go near with a 10 foot pole when I'm pregnant mm-hmm. at this point. So like you won't be seeing me unless you come to like, hopefully what will be a blue, like a, a, like a still a safe quote unquote safe state. I shudder to think about all the women who are stuck in these States without, you know, living hundreds and hundreds of miles away from safe haven or a a more sympathetic state that cares about their humanity and their right to make their own decisions. This is life and death right now, (laughs) right now. On on the note of the sort of forcing ectopic pregnancies to rupture and things like that, they're also forcing women to give birth to dead or non-viable fetuses. Um, Mm There's some people who have started speaking out about that. Um, In Texas, there was a woman who's been very public that she was forced to carry um, because the anti-abortion laws there have doctors nervous to perform procedures for miscarriages. Cause it's clinically basically the same thing as performing an abortion. 
this woman who wanted very much wanted to have a baby was forced to carry this like dead fetus in her womb for two weeks i can't like oh my god i can't i can't imagine the if i were in that situation i would want to have that out of me as soon as possible the emotional trauma of living with that every day for one day i can't imagine for two fucking weeks just walking around also physical yeah risk of sepsis and dying um the emotional Mm -hmm. toll i can't imagine in louisiana there was a woman who was subjected to painful hours-long labor to birth a dead fetus in her second trimester because of the laws rather than a 15-minute abortion to to remove it and the doctor described it as one of the worst experiences of her life too having to Mm -hmm. tell her i can't help you in the way you want to be helped because this woman was pleading with her like i please i don't don't make me do this there's also these people that genuinely wanted to have babies and mm-hmm. are now being forced to undergo these extremely traumatic experiences through no fault of their own and mm-hmm. also sidebar because we're, t- we're talking about these things and they are ma- they do matter and they're significant but any reason for an abortion is a good enough reason but these are particularly right obscene and like you said I think there are a lot of people who don't understand that this is happening (laughs) this is the reality that Mm -hmm. it's not just oh someone's casually getting all these abortions which also isn't a thing Uh, most people get abortions if they're first or second time there are also these women who are happy to be pregnant and want to have babies and then something really Mm -hmm. tragic happens and it's made even worse because of these laws and their lives are put at risk and their emotional mental well-being like i can't i can't imagine having to having to go through that as many as 30 percent of pregnancies end in miscarriage Mm -hmm. which is you know and for through no fault of the you know person who's pregnant now a lot of women who are having who have a spontaneous miscarriage are opened up to potential legal action because they might be accused of having aborted their their baby which like can you think of a more fucking awful added stress to your life than having a miscarriage and then having some nosy fuck try to sue you and try to get prosecuted i just can't i mean and it could be someone even like a a healthcare provider mm-hmm. who's identifies as anti-choice and it's just like this is such a scary um world like wild west of of reproductive health in this country um that we're throwing women into moving to the next depressing little piece of information happening now um pregnant women in missouri missouri is just a state isn't it i mean there are lots of these states but missouri keeps coming up as like woo, bad um Pregnant women in Missouri are barred from getting a divorce. A state law does not um, recognize the fetus as a person. So a mother would have to wait until the baby is born to deal with custody rights. So Republicans basically are trying to argue that fetuses is people, uh, fetuses are people and they don't recognize fetuses as people when that means it would accidentally give a woman freedom to leave her husband (laughs) It's like, as Jezebel said, like, heads I win, tails you lose. Like, I don't really know what to say about that I know. It's just, let's give women less power and men more 
power and control in a completely illogical, ridiculous way. Like, here's a wound. I'm going to pour all the salt I have in it. Well, because, like, the hypocrisy of being like, oh, well, the state doesn't recognize the fetus as a person, and so you have to wait till the baby's born to deal with the fetus's rights. But it's like, but don't you understand what you've been arguing the whole time? Right. Is that At least be consistent. The... At least right. be consistent. Are they a person or not? Because you're really just, it's so blatant. It's so blatantly absurd and picking and choosing. As if it needs to be said, control of women. It's okay. The the a fetus is a person, the personhood, only when it's convenient for you know, state legislators in charge. Um, while we're on the topic of like just grotesque hypocrisy, um, there was a report, I think the New York Times was talking about um, some of the different companies who have recently announced benefits to help employees access abortion services. Um, that would be like Dick Sporting Goods and JP Morgan and a few others just have said basically like if you can't access an abortion service near you, our, you know, we want to make it so that um, you know, one of your healthcare benefits will be that we'll make sure that you can get to safely access an abortion. And again, as many have pointed out on Twitter and elsewhere, like you should certainly not have to tell your employer you're getting an abortion. So like, that's definitely a problem, but let's just put that to one side and keep going with what's happening. Um, so Republicans are in kind of a bind in some of these instances because they don't want to impose restrictions on private corporations. Um, but they do want to impose this type of restriction on these ty- on corporations um, when it comes to restricting what healthcare they can provide as a private company to their employees. With one GOP senator saying, or uh, senator or state representative, he said, "If somebody was driving the getaway car in a bank robbery, it's a very, very serious crime." Um, and so he wants to. This is a state legislator, um, and he wants to have legislation to stop companies from funding abortions. And he's also focusing on, you know, that and limiting abortion pills. And anyway, I believe this is in Texas. So he said like, but he can't stop thinking about all the other states in which abortion, you know, would still be legal. He said, you've got to abolish abortion in the entire country, just like you abolished slavery in the entire country. So he's saying that. And then he's talking in the next thought, he says, like, he's talking about how um, he's feeling optimistic. He was at a conservative conference about, like, how the overturning of Roe might affect other conservative family battles and, like, Obergefell um, and same-sex marriage and contraceptive. So he said, like, he's very excited um, about this new era in American history. And um, he said, now maybe we get to go back to all of our states' rights. And I just was sort of like, this man has just said that he is concerned about all the other states in which abortion would still be legal. He said he wanted to focus on making sure that other states, you know, there's no reciprocity and that you can prosecute people from other states. He wants to limit access to abortion pills, which would be across state lines. And yet, at the end, his final thought is like getting back to states' rights. Once again, it's just this is hopefully not the most circuitous thing I've ever said, but like I just want to I I lose my mind at the hypocrisy of this. Like it's a similar type of thing where it's only states' rights when it's like a talking point that benefits conservatives, and then it's 
and then it's like, let's ban abortion nationally when that's what you want. Let's ban same-sex marriage nationally. So it's, it is such a heads, heads I win, tails you lose. It's states' rights, except for when it's a moral imperative that we have to like a scourge on our nation get rid of. So anyway, just pointing out like, again, this fucking, the, the embedded hypocrisy, like once you start to notice it, it's just, it's in every fucking article. Oh, it's the blatant, the blatant nature of the, of the hypocrisy is just so overwhelming to me. It's yep. undeniable and very consistent. <laughs> like, yeah, you can count on them to like decide what they want and then justify it. And their justifications for two different things don't have to be the same. They don't have to make sense. No. Uh, no. In fact, they can be polar opposites. Why not? Doesn't matter. Still get voted in. <laughs> why not? You know. Also, emergency contraception like Plan B is at risk. Um, a little note about Plan B is the way it works more often than not is actually preventing ovulation or preventing fertilization of an egg mm. that little piece of info in mind <laughs> um uh, gop politicians since they're saying that they recognize fertilized eggs as people they're coming after emergency contraception even though more times than not emergency contraception isn't doing anything with a fertilized egg oftentimes if you have if your egg has been fertilized it likely will not even work it's preventing ovulation oh and it's preventing fertilization. So the logic is not there. They're doing that. They're saying that they uh, they certainly want those embryos created through IVF protected. Um, what that's going to actually mean, I'm not sure, um, because there mm-hmm. there are a lot of ways in which the the overturning of Roe v. Wade could be interpreted to basically not allow for IVF um, at all for the mm-hmm. freezing of embryos. And um, again, this is people who want babies. Ooh, is that what you want, GOP? All these babies? Um, yeah. So there's there's more there's more behind the scenes and not and in front of the scenes that's uh, going on with IVF and Plan B, um, but also don't make any logical sense yep i think we'll be seeing all these test cases with plan b and ivf that people have raised the alarms about and i think it just remains to be seen how far different state legislatures are gonna take restricting people's access to these um you know to ivf and to emergency contraceptives and um once again, just ringing the alarm for people who don't think it affects them. It just does, or it's going to affect. <laughs> yeah. Like, Hey, if you want to rely on plan B baby boys, um, it's going to affect you. If, if you can't get your hands on it, if your partner can't get their hands on it. Um, and we also know they're thinking about, um, that there are, there are conversations about restricting, um, other contraceptive use too, um, contraceptives within the privacy of your own home, contraceptives when it comes to like IUDs, intrauterine devices, like it's just who knows where it will end. Nobody knows, um, but it's going to be nowhere good. So that's great. Another conversation that's been, whoo, it's happened. This has happened at breakneck speed um, is conversations about women not being able to travel to other states to get legal abortion care. 
Senate Republicans have blocked a bill that would protect pregnant people's right to travel to states where abortion is legal to have the procedure. The Biden Justice Department has said that they would fight fight all these laws because it would violate the right to interstate commerce. But there are a lot of different ways in which conservative lawmakers and conservative societies and legal organizations have are trying to draft their legislation based on a model that has already been allowed by the Supreme Court. That's that Texas model of allowing private citizens to uh, sue other private citizens. Um, so it's that new legal strategy. It empowers private citizens to enforce their the law through civil litigation, and it makes it way harder to protect the rights of individuals in this way because it's like vigilante lawyering, <laughs> um, vigilante justice, basically. Um, and it, in Texas, there's like a financial incentive for people to do this because their legal fees will get covered if they win, which is like, what the fuck? And the Supreme Court has allowed this to continue. So this, every single person should be scared of this because honestly, just think about how, if you're conservative, how would you like this to be applied in a blue state to gun, to gun ownership? Would you like for uh, for us, <laughs> us, um, we'll do it. to be we'll able to do it? Oh, we, you know, just to prove a point, <laughs> I will. Does it make you comfortable thinking that private citizens could come after you for owning a firearm that you know is legal in a different state, but it's not legal in California, it's not legal in Washington state or whatever, and there's an incentive to have other private citizens sue you and if proven correct, they get their legal fees paid for while you get some sort of like jail time or a steep fine. Anyway, it's a really scary thought. And um, again, this is another type of legislation that has a, a chilling effect on doctors who don't want to have, don't want to face lawsuits um, and don't really want to leave it up to luck, like an interpretation, whether or not they violated a law. All of these difficult to challenge in court cases springing up because abortion rights groups don't have a clear person to sue if it's like vigilante justice, um, as I'm calling it. <laughs> I guess that's like my words, not anyone else's. But this is something that I remember in the in his concurrence, Justice Kavanaugh said wouldn't be legal. <laughs> like he did go out of his way to say that, but his word means nothing because he perjured himself during his hearing. And I feel like this is another one of those like moments where it might be easy to gaslight um, people who are like, oh, it's it, it can't go that far because that would be truly unconstitutional. Or that would really be like a violation of interstate commerce. And it's like, oh, yeah. Are we willing to try it? Are we just like try the Supreme Court? I feel like, you know, they're they're proving a quite a gnarly group um, when it comes to respecting precedent and respecting, you know, the only, the only freedom they seem to like is the freedom to be like publicly Christian and everyone else can go fuck themselves. So great. I do remember Kyle Rittenhouse crossing state lines for his firearm. Oh yeah. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Just pause. I just paused to feel like nauseous thinking about that person's face. Like, fuck him. But don't. I'm just so angry. I don't really know. Like, there have been a lot of other anecdotes that have popped up on Twitter. A lot of them are coming from physicians. Others are coming from patients or family members. But like this 
new reality is really putting maternal health in steep jeopardy. Women are facing urgent healthcare decisions every day that are going to have to be left up to hospital ethics committees, rant, like individual obstetricians and lawyers and state legislators and other like coroners. <laughs> like I am just so deeply uncomfortable. This is the world that we're in when the right to access an abortion is not constitutionally protected. And it's really scary. Agree. Awful. Yeah. It, it's support your local abortion access funds as you can. You can provide rides, yeah. provide rides, you can donate money, donate money, um, do it through the already established channels. Yeah. Vote progressive. <laughs> vote progressive and you know recently I've been so like on one I just it's like we've got it I mean the old guard the old democratic guard here get them the hell out of here I just I'm feeling so not represented I'm so angry like I'm so sick of people thinking they can rely on democrats to vote because to vote and then not see anything happen I mean here's another just like one kind of closing thought on all this too there's been three weeks in which republicans conservatives actually you know political action committees and think tanks have all mobilized to get to their next step now that they've had this huge victory that's been hard won on their part um to overturn roe they are ready for all the next steps they're drafting legislation they're mobilizing they're making our lives worse and they're loving it um what are democrats doing we're just like absolutely the people we've we've elected like the Biden administration was absolutely sleeping on this. It took them two weeks. It took him two weeks to even come out and have a real statement. And he could finally like kind of wrap his brain around the the 10 year old in Ohio anecdote. But like that was what seemed to like motivate him was this like obvious injustice. This man, you know, he is not really ready. The Democrats aren't, you know, we just need, we need like younger people. We need more progressive people um, because we can't rely on old Dems called Joe and Nancy. Um, so I don't know. Send Nancy $15. Let's, let's like, oh, wow. That was who I did. I did respond to that text. Not with money. Yeah. <laughs> Not with money. <laughs> oh yeah. Dracaris. <laughs> All right. Any other any other closing thoughts on this total fucking clusterfuck? Nope, just sad and nervous for where we're going and uh, hoping it's not any further backwards. Yeah. 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 All right. And now for we see you. Alrighty, I'll keep mine short and sweet. Starting with Ted Cruz, a uh, oh, flyer in our we see you program. Um, <laughs> yeah. He said that the Supreme Court was clearly wrong um, when they ruled in 2015 to legalize same-sex marriage, um, saying that it ignored two centuries of our nation's history and it was always an issue left to the states. Um, No, Ted, it's a civil rights issue and we don't live hundreds and hundreds of years ago and we don't own slaves either. We're moving forward, Ted. Fuck you. We see you. I hate you. We see you. (laughs) 
We see you, Ted. I hate you. We see you. Ugh. Um, this is a tweet by uh, someone named Ga- um, Gabrielle Blair at Design Mom on Twitter. She um, tells a really harrowing anecdote, long thread, about um, her nephew and his wife who live in Boston and had their two sons taken from them in the middle of the night by CPS, Child Protective Services. Child, The children are six months old and three and a half, and um, the baby at six months is still nursing. Um, this is all because late on Wednesday night, the parents took their baby into the emergency room with a fever, high fever. And in a, in a scan, the hospital staff saw signs of a possible injury from six weeks ago. Parents weren't aware of the injury. Um, so the hospital suspected them of child abuse and CPS was called. Um, they, the, um, family was in complete shock, complied with all the CPS requests. Baby was seen by um, his usual pediatrician who vouched for the parents and confirmed baby was thriving in this family. Anyway, it's been like, so lots of the pediatrician vouched for the family and, um, other people were too, but they were complying with CPS requests. Um, the hospital ran tests, ran tests for drugs and for other signs of abuse. Everything came up clean. CPS visited the house, no red flags, nothing was out of order. Um, On Friday during the day, CPS agents told the family that they expected there would be no criminal charges and family would be able to keep custody during any further investigation. Um, Anyway, so that would have been a nightmare all on its own. But then on Friday night at 1 a.m., so early Saturday morning, um, CPS with no warning showed up and took both the baby and the toddler. Um, Didn't have any official paperwork, no warrant. They just showed up and took their kids Um, giving them no information about where to find them. And then if you resist or you try to fight, this is something that's used against you in court as a sign that you're unfit to parent. Um, Because it was the weekend, uh, the parents couldn't, um, didn't get any information about where their children were. Um, The mother was nursing and wasn't able to nurse her child. Um, They don't know if they're going to be reunited, but it seems like they may not be reunited for many months and they have basically no recourse. Um, so this, and the child protective services, um, didn't put them with grandparents, even though the grandparents were willing and available. Um, and they put them in a foster home with complete strangers. Um, and now that the weekend's over, I just went back to check on updates. And even though the family has been at court with lawyers, um, like the last couple of days, they still don't know. Um, Their case was postponed, quote, until later this week. They don't know what the charges are. They um, just have have not been given very much information at all. They don't know where their kids, their kids are. Um, And this is a three and a half year old and a six month old. Um, I noticed that yesterday, Ayanna Presley, who's a representative in Massachusetts, said, please DM me and I'll connect you with an advocate on my team. So sorry to hear your family's going through this. But anyway, this was just like a deeply disturbing case from Massachusetts. Um, And I like just am horrified that this would happen to anyone. And like, you know, it's got to be relatively extreme, I think, for for CPS to rip away your kids um, without any like tangible uh, evidence. And especially like uh, when there are grandparents, you could even put them with. um, So um this is just like, again, the thread is from Gabriel, Gabrielle Blair at Design Mom on Twitter. Um, if anyone is interested in following up, and because ch- I certainly am going to keep checking back to see kind of like what's happening. But it's one of those um, things where I just like, 
it just raises all my alarms and like that there would be something this extreme without like specific recourse for, for a family um, is uh, just really upsetting to me. So we see you to CPS of Boston. Yeah. Terrifying. Awful. God. Um, Kylie Jenner. Mm, oh, oh. <laughs> so on July 12th, she took a 17 minute private jet, um, from Camarillo, California to Van Nuys, which is a 45 minute drive. Okay. <laughs> And then three days later, on July 15th, she posted a little couples photo with her boo, Travis Scott, um, like embracing between their private jets and the caption was, you want to take mine or yours? London is on fire. Stop it. I don't expect Kylie Jenner and the Cordette and like these uber rich people to stop taking private jets. I think it would be better for the world. Mm-hmm. flaunting your wealth and lack of regard for carbon emissions in that way is so wildly and blatantly disgusting i don't know if it was like intentional and like this is my brand now i am rich and you covet my lifestyle and like whatever i want the likes i want the attention or if it was genuinely like i don't i'm this far out of touch but when, like I said, London is reaching record record high temps and polar caps are melting and we're ogling other planets to go live on because this one is on fire and I'm sure Kylie Jenner has a spot on the rocket. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Please, one, don't take private jets. Two, don't take them for mm-hmm. a 45-minute drive. No. And three, if you're going to do it, keep it to yourself like we we don't want or need to see it um no are i try i don't criticize the kardashians and jenners too besides the fucking caitlin jenner who's a terrible person yeah (laughs) i don't criticize them too much because i feel like they're at the end of a lot of misogyny and i don't want to contribute but this is just i saw that and was like girl fuck you man this is objectively terrible um yeah so we see you to, to Kylie Jenner. Which private jet should we take? That's just really yeah, that's so tone deaf and I totally agree. Like I don't don't like to shit on them more than they deserve and you know, it's uh <laughs> you noticed. <laughs> Side note. And Maria just unbuttoned her outerwear and she's wearing a very cool t shirt. <laughs> One that I was gifted by my co-host way back in 2010 or 2011. Like, <laughs> um, I had to explain the joke to someone earlier today who said, do you have a happy birthday shirt on? Because I was like wearing it for a meeting. <laughs> Whoops. Um, and like, yeah, to have to professionally go, you know, that skit where it's like, happy birthday to the ground. Anyway. <laughs> I'll probably cut this out. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, no, I don't like to shit on the Kardashians and the Jenners more than more you than know they, they're asking for, <laughs> more than necessary. But this was certainly. I'm glad you did that because I was just sort of like, that's gross. And also, isn't she one of the? I mean, she's a billionaire. Her 
her line of self-made billionaire. Mm. Mm, I wasn't even gonna go there, but yeah, she says she was a self-made billionaire, which I have gripes with. But um, regardless of how she got to her billionaire status, like, yeah, that private jet situation, man. For a forty-five-minute car ride. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, like, okay, wealth, like, fine, fine. You can take a limo. But, like, you can take a fancy car. Isn't that more fun? Yeah. In 17 minutes on a Right. Point? I don't know. What do I know? Yeah, I'm just, not a billionaire. Oh, my God. Not even God. a millionaire. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even a three digits there. <laughs> or six digits or whatever. Three digits, I suppose. I suppose I, I have three digits. The hundred there. I I have the hundreds. <laughs> um, okay, huh, so this is um, a story uh, that has been reported um, about uh, a murder in San Diego, where the cops. It's kind of like similar to the Uvalde situation, where cops are just basically standing by while a woman was terrorized by a stalker in her home for twelve hours, even as neighbors begged them to do something. The stalker emerged and told them the woman was dead. So this is a situation where neighbors were calling the police, begging the police to do something, and the police just, for some reason, you know, don't don't act. I don't know. At, I don't. The details of this are still murky to me, but I just can't. Um, the police are under investigation, but I really don't understand what protocol is being followed where you're having neighbors raising alarms saying like there's this person who has had a stalker she is like screaming in her apartment for help this is like imagine being a neighbor in this situation it's just anyway and i mean obviously you can't even fucking fathom being the woman who is like screaming for help wondering why is no one coming to help me and meanwhile the neighbors are like we have called the police and they are fucking outside your apartment i just um this is another situation where it's like what are the good guys, quote unquote, with the guns doing? Where are the cops? What what do you need to, like, what are you doing exactly? How, what is the protocol for this type of situation? And how is the way that you were doing it, Could how could that at all be construed as appropriate? Um, so San Diego PD, we see you. My last we see you seems significantly less consequential. Uh, we're gonna go with it that's what i have uh, for the assignment <laughs> so i moved recently <laughs> i'm so excited across the country uh went back and forth on whether to just try and sell and donate all our shit or move some of it because it's very expensive to move um it's also expensive to buy new furniture so we're like all right let's move our like the most important items sentimental items sure um Great American moving systems, you motherfuckers. So we were <laughs> floating them. them out based on like an hour of going over every single fucking item in box. Um, they showed up <laughs> charged $3,000 more, which is not a small amount of money to us at all. It's very significant. Um, we we're told 7 to 21, probably 7 to 14 days it'll arrive. Then we're told it's not late till it's been 30 days. Then we're told 30 business days. And then it was after that point, and they offered us a discount. We had to wait to see what our discount would be. It was 1% off. And then they arrived, and they said they won't accept a check or a credit card. They need a money order. If you don't give them a money order, we're never seeing our shit again. 
you get them a money order. They're unpacking the box. Well, not unpacking. They're bringing the boxes in and they say, we won't put it in the room that you want because that counts as unpacking the boxes. We weren't asking them to unpack the boxes. We were asking them to put boxes in rooms. No, no, no. Too much. Um, bunch of shit was damaged. Bunch of shit was missing. I was brought a desk without a top. Where's the top? I don't know. Uh, and then when they were leaving, my husband was like, I don't know if I want to sign this thing saying that our stuff was delivered. And the guy puffed up his chest and was like, well, you need to sign it because I want to leave. And so he signed it. Anywho. Fuck you, great American moving systems, terrible every step of the way, broke a bunch of shit, lost a bunch of shit, charge a lot of money. Um, and just, yeah, really, every everyone, besides the people who moved up, like, packed up our stuff when we left, which is probably how they get you. Terrible. Terrible experience. Awful. Predatory. Um, yeah, it's, and we're not, you know, we don't have all this expendable income, so... We're just kind of out a bunch of money and, you know, got a roof over my head, a bunch of my stuff's here. That's great. Would never in a million years have done that. And, uh, you're predatory and I hate you and fuck your business. And I hope that you go under and into the ground and I will do everything in my power to put you there. You motherfuckers. <laughs> Damn you. You ruined my favorite chair. You lost some oh, sentimental yeah. things and... Just fuck your shady shit. We see you great American moving systems. Don't believe the reviews. They're all fucking bots. Not so great American moving system. Terrible. Terrible. Awful. You don't recommend. That is awful. I'm so sorry. Ew. Um, I was, you had a lot of, uh, a lot of us were like, just waiting with bated yeah, breath until you got months. your stuff and you know seven days yeah. you motherfuckers and they just kept ch- like you are fully trying to con human beings right now and people just want their stuff and yeah you know, across the country hmm. it's the last thing you need the last thing but you know what i got some stuff you got some stuff you have a you have a baby who's growing out of all of her, all things? Of her things. Like I scored at Goodwill though, got her some cute fucking onesies. So, oh good, good. Yeah, yeah she was too That's big. So we getting back, and she's just too big for her bassinet, and was like sitting oh. with her legs literally up in the air, like feeties oh. over the edge. Loved it, but I was just like, this feels like a CPS gonna come for me in the night. Your baby's too oh, big for this. God. Your baby's too big. She's got a crib now. It's big enough. She's fine. Oh, I miss that little squishy. She's, she's so sweet, oh. squishy baby. She's just oh, what barrel a good rolling little. around all the time now. It's really cute. Oh, what a cutie. I love her. Oh. Um, okay, my last BCU <laughs> is uh, quick, quick and dirty. Um, yeah, we see you to Joe Biden for fist bumping the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, <laughs> Muhammad bin Salman. No, thank you to that. God. Don't like it. Um, yeah, it's like we still remember the, that he murdered Jamal Khashoggi. Um, we remember that you said on the campaign trail that you wouldn't like have dealings with Saudi Arabia and that that was unacceptable and that he would have to answer for that totally unacceptable murder um but obviously you 
you know, as usual with like a lot of the stuff from the campaign trail, it was like just words. And you didn't even leave the um, this trip to Saudi Arabia with any concessions. You actually like so he won MBS won this interaction. You made the U.S. look weak and fickle and cowardly and you were subservient to MBS, this murderer, this asshole, um, this human rights abuser, all for potentially a little bit of oil concession so that to lower inflation temporarily for the midterms, like that's disgusting. And like, it doesn't make any sense why we would be fighting Putin and not MBS. You know, they're both terrible dictatorial people who leaders who are you know engaging in massive human rights abuses and um i'm just like disgusted by it and that fist bump is something that i and a lot of people will i think remember and like never forgive you for so we see you i didn't realize that that happened blissfully you yeah of course he did but like good news about whales Oh, tell me. Sure. Um, (laughs) Almost extinct, however. Now there are 150 fin whales just seen feeding off the coast of Antarctica after being nearly extinct in the region. So, um, I don't know, I'm very nervous about the environment and the climate, what's happening. So I'm always happy to see unexpected wins there. Um, So a win for the fin whale. Uh, Oh, the whale wins. The whale fin wins. I love it. Oh, good. 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 It's all going to be okay. There's more fin whales. I'm into it. I'm into it. Oh. All right. Well, on that delightful little note, uh, Feminists Without Mystique is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. Bye. Bye.